It's April 10th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. We are going to be beginning our Old Testament reading today in Deuteronomy chapter 34, and drumroll please, Joshua chapter 1 and 2. That's right, my friends. We are getting out of the book of Deuteronomy today, and um, we've, I feel like we've been in Deuteronomy a very, very long time. There's been some, some rough parts, but even in the rough parts, what did it do for us? It showed us that what Paul said uh, was true in the New Testament when he was writing Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, that those who try to live by the law are cursed because it's impossible. And those who live by grace, the grace of Jesus, and are in that covenant with him, uh, have great reason to rejoice. And even in the law, in this uh, old, archaic uh, writing and, and time, we see God and his love and his mercy set apart and unique and different from the culture and the regions of the time in which the books were written by real people living in real places. Chapter 34, verse 1. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed the Pishkon Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land. So pause. Moses is at the end of his life. God brings him up. He's not allowed to go into the land because of a previous sin, but he gets to see the land that he has been having faith that God is is leading them to. He he risked his life in Egypt for the people. He wandered in 40 years, and God in his gracious mercy gets to show him. You can imagine this would be a special moment for Moses as he gets to see what he's been working towards, but also got to be a great deal of sadness knowing that he will actually not get to be the one to lead the people into that land that he had worked so hard and so long for, um, which is why, again, throughout the Old Testament, just as a reminder, the whole Old Testament points to who? It points to Jesus. Jesus is the better, whatever character we're looking at. In this case, he's the better Moses. Uh, Moses doesn't finish the job. He uh, He's not able to. Jesus does. Jesus not only uh, leads us through the wilderness, defend, frees us from our slavery of sin, but my friends, he's coming back again, and he is going to be the one who leads us into the ultimate promised land, the restored kingdom of God in which we live in perfection together. Praise Jesus for that. Continuing on. Uh, There with verse 1, it says, From Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Psalms as far as Zor. Excuse me, the city of Palms as far as Zor. Verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. Moving on to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to leave. 
these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the land of the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officials of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land of Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has given you rest, until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses the servant the Lord assigned you. Then they answered Joshua, We will do whatever you commanded us. We will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders does not obey your words. Everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. That'd be nice. The big warrior guys are like, hey, we got your back, man. If anybody uh, goes against you, we're going to take them out for you. Uh, Joshua uh, had some big shoes to fill. Can, to fill. Can you imagine um, taking the place of Moses as the leader? Like, you know, hey, big Mo's gone. All right, you're up, Josh. Amazing. Chapter 2. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp from the Arcadia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who had come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab, hid. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. So let's pause. What's going on here? Uh, Rahab is a prostitute. She has a house. These two uh, men uh, are coming through, and, and Rahab hides them. Uh, these two Israelite spies are hidden by Rahab. The, the officials come. They ask about it, and Rahab uh, lies to protect the Israelite spies. Verse 5. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, this is Rahab lying uh, to the officials that are trying to kill the Israelite, God's men, his spies. You could probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shot. Was shut. 
Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof with them. I know that the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Shion and Ug, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters and all their family. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep your, your promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down the rope through the window, escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days for, from the men searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go on your own way. Before they left, the men told her, We will be bound by an oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brother, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. If anyone lays a hand on people inside the house, we will, act the we will take the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. The spies went up into the hill country and stayed there three days. The men who were chasing them searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned without success. Then the two spies came down from the hill country across the Jordan River and reported to Joshua all that had happened. The Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. That concludes our Old Testament reading. I'm really excited for Joshua. And that story of Rahab is actually mentioned in the New Testament in the book of James. And Rahab the prostitute, not um, definitely not a religious elite, right, uh, is actually given as an example of what true faith in Jesus looks like. Why? Because she trusted him with everything she had. It's one thing to say, yeah, I trust in God. It's another thing to be willing to risk your life for God. She showed that she trusted him. See, if she would have been caught hiding these Israelite men, um, her, her country would have killed her. And she agreed to them. She believed in, in the God of Israel so much so that she said, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to risk my whole family's life on this because I want to be on the side of Yahweh. And uh, that is presented in the book of James as true faith. It's a faith that we should all aspire to. Luke chapter 13, verse 22 through chapter 14, verse 6 is our New Testament reading. Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. Then you will say, But we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. I want to pause. Uh, because in my context where I pastor, a lot of people think they are Christians because they've been to church. Because they know some things about God. But let me tell you, heaven, the kingdom of God, knowing God is not about people knowing some things about God. It is about people who know God. Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you trust in him like Rahab trusted in him? Because if not, he will say to you, I don't know you. And I think there's going to be some people who are very surprised to hear those words when they meet King Jesus. Verse 28, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth 
for you will say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east, west, north, and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. That's one of the things I'm most excited about for when Jesus returns and his kingdom is fulfilled. So there's going to be some men and women who get no fame and attention right now. They just live their whole life loving others and loving God, pouring themselves out for everybody around them. They never make a lot of money, never get a lot of fame, but in the kingdom of God, they will be so great and important and everyone will know their story. And then there'll be people like me who talk and people know my name. People know, they think I'm godly and they see what I do. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be least important, one of the least important in the kingdom of God. There are people far greater, far more godly, far more Jesus-like, and I'm excited for them to be honored and, and, and get that glory that they deserve in the kingdom of God. Verse 31. At the same time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day I must proceed on my way, for it wouldn't do do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned. You will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Chapter 14, verse 1. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were there watching him closely. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, Is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. In other words, Jesus is saying, you, you, you want to uphold the Sabbath laws when I'm trying to heal other people, people you deem as less important. But if it was your possession, if your Maserati was in the ditch, you'd probably, you'd probably dig it out. If your son or your daughter could be healed on the Sabbath day, you wouldn't care so much about it. So you, you care more about religious rules than you do people. Uh, God would say, my rules are there because they are healthy boundaries that give my people life. Uh, the rules are for the good of the people. The people aren't for the good of the rules. In other words, God wasn't like, I've got all these amazing rules. I need some people for them. And it was God's like, I've got all these people I love, and I need some rules to protect them. And if you, if you get those things out of order, it becomes very dry and um, egregious and gross religion. That concludes our New Testament reading. Moving on to our proverb of the day, Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. And finally, the psalm of the day is Psalm 79, Psalm of Asaph. I encourage you to pray through this on your own. Verse 1. O God, pagan nations have conquered your land, your special possession. They have defiled your holy temple and made Jerusalem a heap of ruins. They have left the bodies of your servants as food for the birds of heaven. The flesh of your godly ones has become food for the wild animals. Blood has flowed like water all around Jerusalem. No one is left to bury the dead. We are mocked by our neighbors an object of scorn and derision to those around us. O oh Lord, how long will you be angry with us? Forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to acknowledge you, on kingdoms that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured your people, Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. 
Do not hold us guilty for the sins of our ancestors. Let your compassion quickly meet our needs, for we are on the brink of despair. Help us, O God of our salvation. Help us for the glory of your name. Save us and forgive our sins for the honor of your name. Why should pagan nations be allowed to scoff, asking, Where is their God? Show us your vengeance against the nations, for they have spilled the blood of your servants. Listen to the moaning of the prisoners. Demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die. O Lord, pay back our neighbors seven times for the scorn they have hurled at you. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to generation. Yes, Father God, we do ask for your help. Um, Lord, I know individually there are people who are going through things. I'm going through things. And God, I just ask for your help. I ask for that, Lord. And I thank you for the salvation you've already given me, that glorious salvation uh, that your Son has given me the good news uh, that my sins are forgiven, that I've been given the Spirit, and that I will one day get to walk and work in the, in the kingdom of God alongside you based upon what Jesus has done for me, his perfect life and his atoning death and decisive resurrection. Lord, thank you for that good news. Let me be like the people at the end of this psalm who have seen the salvation, and I ought to praise you and pour out joy and hope for the rest of my days because of what I've been given through you. Lord, we love you. And we do thank you for this reading today. Amen. Well, that concludes our reading today for April 10th. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for April 11th. And I uh, hope uh, that everything is going well for you and you are preparing for Easter, which is coming up very shortly. And we get to celebrate uh, the death uh, and the ultimately the resurrection of Jesus Christ that provides us the good news that we celebrate. That's it for today and our Reading Through the Bible Together podcast.